Um, we are now recording. So this is our triathlon train like a mother club webinar for October. Jen is grabbing some hydration as every good triathlete needs on a Monday, right? <laughs> exactly. Sorry about that, but I'm getting some water. That's all so right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, well, good. Well, we have had quite a season with the triathlon train like a mother club. You guys have done, had some great, great races and we want to spend today um, going through uh, talking about 2019 plans, um, if you have some, our off-season plans. And then I've pulled some stuff off the Facebook page, some good questions about um, training for an Ironman, um, cold weather riding, that kind of thing. And so we'll talk through that stuff as well. If you are listening here and you have a question that you want to ask Jen, you can either raise your hand um, and you can talk to her live. I can unmute you or you can type it in and I can read it and she can answer it. So those are your two options if you want, if something comes to mind as we are chatting or you have a different question you wanted to share. So um, First of all, I need to apologize. Karen, I know is here. Um, Karen, uh, I, I, you were, that picture of you was so good um, that I put in the newsletter um, of you running. And I don't know where I got the idea that you did the half Ironman. You did a shorter distance and I apologize for um, for putting a different, different race distance on it. But um, one day you can do it half Ironman if that's interesting to you and you'll probably look just as strong, but that was a lovely picture and I just, I couldn't let it go by, so. So there's that. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about, um, well, you know what, let's well, let's first talk about off-season plans. And so if these, if people have finished um, their triathlon and they're interested in training um, for, for another race, whether it's the same distance or a longer distance or a shorter distance, what do they need to do during the winter time so that they don't start from square one again um, with like, especially swimming and biking um, when they start to train? Yes. Um, so one of the things that's really important is is frequency over duration when you're in the off season. So Elizabeth and I uh, wrote an off season program that includes a lot of um, shorter workouts, easier workouts, um, and just things to get you moving and keep you on tax, task. Some athletes, especially triathletes, tend to like things written down, do this, do this, do that. But one of the things that's important is obviously be flexible, but also um, you know, focus on <clears throat> during the recovery part, focus on more sleep and going out with your friends and that kind of stuff, but also keep moving. I think one of the things that's really challenging is when athletes take too much time off. So they take two or three months of, of no movement um, besides maybe walking or, you know, chasing your kids around. And I think it's just so much harder to get back into it. So in a perfect world, we encourage athletes to, to do some kind of movement. And that usually includes anywhere from um, two or three swims a week, two or three runs a week, and two or three bikes a week. Now, when I say that, I don't mean you're out, out there swimming 3,000 yards every time. That might be a 1,000-yard swim. It might be a 500-yard swim. But just move, movement and muscle memory. Um, and the off-season is also a really good time to focus on your strength. And some of the things that if you, were had, if you, have an in, if you had an injury, if you, your glutes are tight, hamstrings are tight, all those kind of imbalances in your body – it's a really good time to address those. And so strength trumps everything in the off season, yoga, Pilates, strength. Um, you know, if you have a hundred dollars laying around, then go get a, go see a trainer and have a, a program written for you kind of a thing. So those are some of the things that are really important um, in the off season, especially right now at this time of the year. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, what you talked about, so the two things is strength and consistency. And um, and so we, you guys did do these programs and um, they are five-week programs. You can get them in five-week chunks. So um, it's $50 for each five weeks. Um, and um, they do have like unique you know, unique workouts for pretty much every workout. Um, like there's a little technique thing in every bike and every run and the swims are all um, the way that you guys write them, which has some drilling in every set. It has some, you know, maybe a little speed work, some kicking. Um, and like, yeah, like you said, they're not, I mean, it definitely, you know, you have to have time to do them, but it's not, you're not going out for 70 mile rides or anything crazy like that. Um, and one of the things about consistency too, that I think even beyond just the sports specific part of it is, just keeping yourself in that rhythm of working out, um, especially as the holidays and the darkness descends on us, the two of them together, it's kind of a one-two punch. And I think sometimes um, that's, A, it's a key to, for, for me, for getting up and going, you know, on a, on a day that's kind of dark and maybe harder to get motivated on. But B, it's really nice just to have that, to not lose the routine of, um, of everything that you've built. Right. Because that that's part that's, I think, more than half the battle is finding that time again and finding the momentum and, and getting your family still on board. So um, so that's my Absolutely. little. I agree. And I and I do think if you are coming to the end of your season right now or you're listening and you have uh, some more races coming up, I do think one or two weeks of, you know, and if you're coming off of an Ironman even longer, but, you know, one or two weeks of not doing too much you know, sleeping in, maybe not working out is healthy and needed. So I want to make sure that you don't have to finish your last race on a Sunday and go into off season on, oh, on yeah. next Monday. Right. No, but, no, yeah. right. But it's important to, the problem is it's the body at rest stays in rest and the body in motion stays in motion. So <laughs> if you, I know that's such a cliche, but it's no, true. It's true. Dang, it's it's so true. 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 Yeah. So if you, if you sit on the couch and, and rest for longer than what we should be resting for, then it just starts feeling good. And then you're like, God, this is awesome. I can sit here and drink coffee. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you've got big goals and you've got things you want to accomplish um, and going into the holidays when things and the food and everything gets a little bit out of control, then, then yeah, start moving again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, so we have two racers left um, in 20. 18. We have two half iron people who are doing half Ironmans. We got Jamie and Jacqueline. Um, and one is uh, going, uh, Jamie's going this weekend. Uh, or actually, uh, yeah, the 28th. That'll be this weekend um, in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, and um, Jacqueline's doing one in La Quinta. Um, do you know what either of those are? Is anybody doing Waco? I know Waco's. I I'm doing Waco. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, maybe yep. she's from Edmond. Oh, she is from Edmond, Oklahoma. I think she's doing Waco. Yes, it's Waco yeah. the 28th. That's yep. coming up, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What do you know about that race, Jen? One word, hot. hot. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's still it's still at this point. Hot. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's been in, in the girls listening that live down there know better than I do, but the athletes that I have that live down there, it's been really wet down mm -hmm. there for them. So um, in Waco, for the most part, is relatively flat so it's hot windy and flat kind of like texas you know yeah as a rule yeah 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 well mm -hmm. let's talk about um hot windy and flat because you did iron man maryland right and i want to talk yeah. about um, i pulled some stuff out of amy's um race report but tell us how how your race went hmm. well my race went okay it's not i went um one of my it was actually probably my non 
besides my first race in Hawaii, which was my first Ironman in 04, this was my slowest Ironman. So it was for me, it was really slow. I went 11.15, which I know doesn't sound slow, but for me, it's really slow. So I just had one of those days where I felt off. Um, uh-huh. Conditions were fine. I have mm-hmm. no excuse. I have no excuses. I just felt off. I had some GI kind of stomach issues on the latter part of the bike that bled into the run. Um, so while I was running, I never walked except I had to go to the Porta John. So I kind of p- jump in and out of Porta John's. I would have to go through the aid stations and walk, which I don't typically do to sure. get fluids down. But I basically did the whole thing on Coke, Gatorade and water and a couple chews because I couldn't really wow. get anything down. So something went off. I don't know if it was the the brackish water. I don't know if it was the um, salt water, which sometimes bothers me when I race either like Kona or Oceanside or something, sure. or I just screwed something up and I ate too much and it just pissed my stomach off. Not, I'm not really sure. That's the thing with the Ironman. Um, you know, you can have perfect training. You can have perfect Ironmans. Um, the last time I did an Ironman in 13, I felt amazing, had a great race. So yeah, it just, it is kind of what it is. The hardest thing about an Ironman is, um, is all the training that's involved in an Ironman and you get one shot. And I hate that. Actually, I hate that about the marathon, the open marathon too. Sure. You know, you wake up, you wake up and it's, you know, it's 80 degrees outside and you're like in Chicago, you know, you're like, Oh my God, I have to run a marathon. So that's tricky. So I always tell athletes if they have a race that they're not super happy with quickly recover and turn it around and hit a home run and then end your season so that you yeah. don't end on a bad note. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good, that's good advice. I mean, can you do that with an Ironman or is that, too, that's, that's such a big day. Can you, can you race another Ironman or is that. It depends you... on the level of the athlete um, and okay. it depends on the run. So if they, if that athlete doesn't run up to their capabilities, then usually they can turn it around, but it, it's usually six to eight weeks. And okay. you have to have it carefully kind of mapped out about what to do and how to, and you have to have specific how to rest out of that. So it, it gets kind of detailed about it, but yeah, yeah, you can. One of the things that I think people do wrong, well, I know the athletes do wrong is they do redemption races. So they'll do a marathon. They yeah. do a marathon, like let's say Chicago, just cause I'm so familiar with Chicago, you know, sure. let's say Chicago, they're running on October 10th. They get pissed off and they have a bad race for whatever reason. We all have bad races. Yeah. And it's, instead of waiting, ideally, probably eight weeks is better. They turn around and try to do it in three or four weeks or maybe yeah. even five. And they'll run the same exact time that they did in Chicago or slower. The body just cannot respond. I don't care if, you know, maybe if you're, you know, my collegiate kids, maybe if you're 21, but most adults can't respond that quickly. It takes three to five weeks to recover from an Ironman. So oh. a marathon, in my opinion, and the athletes that I coach, it's the same amount of time. It's a month or three to four weeks for a marathon. So keep that in mind. If you have a race, even half Ironman, if you have a race and you want and you do poorly at it, but you don't want to stop training because you have all this fitness. See, that's the challenge with the marathon and the Ironman. And even the half, we have this massive fitness base that we just spent six to nine months creating. So you have to you have to have a specific set of rest, and what what rest means is very different if you're going to turn around and race another marathon or Ironman after for kind of a redemption race. It can be done, but it's it's tricky. Sure, sure, that's interesting. Well, so since we're on the topic, um, Jessica, who has signed up for um, Ironman Boulder, um, she said, "I spent some time going through the training plan last night, and to say I'm overwhelmed is an understatement. How do people do this with a full time job?" I'm blessed to be a stay-at-home mom with school-age kids, but I feel like all I will be doing the next eight months is 
eating, sleeping, and training, um, which isn't that far <laughs> from the truth. So let's talk a little bit about you know how how to um, fit in Ironman training when you, when you are not a pro athlete, right? Who have you know time you're paid to nap in the afternoon, right? Exactly. So you said Ironman Boulder, right? Uh, she's. I think she's doing Ironman Boulder. Yep. I actually I know she is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a great question, but I have to be honest with you when I say this response, and it might come across as harsh, but I'm just going to lay it out there. If you press enter on an Ironman, you got to get all your ducks in a row. And when I say get all your ducks in a row, I mean your village. So you have to get your, whatever your support system is, partner, spouse, uh, parents, neighbors, friends, you have to get everybody on board to say, hey, listen, I'm doing an Ironman. My Ironman is on June 10th. And for 12 to 14 weeks before that are going to be some massive, even longer, massive training that includes 100 mile bike rides, 20 mile runs. I'm going to be tired, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think if you set the expectations with your loved ones, it goes way better, especially your spouse. If your spouse thinks you're going to go out and you're going to run 45 minutes on a Saturday, that's yeah. where the problems arise, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. you are not going to be running 45 minutes on a Saturday when you're Ironman training. You're going to be running 15 miles or 14 miles or whatever it is. So I think that that's really important. I also think that there's a ton of sacrifice. And sacrifice has a negative connotation. But in this in this regard, it doesn't. Because at the end of that sacrifice is your goal and your goal race. So when I say sacrifice, a lot of things have to happen. Um, you have to cut out. Um, and this is just for a short period of time. It doesn't have to be for the entire 36 weeks that the Ironman plan is, but it should be for what we call the build cycle, which is the 12 to 14 or so weeks, three months out from your Ironman start race. So what's really important in those during that time is obviously sleep, obviously good nutrition, but then also getting up out of bed, depending on your kids in the schedule, whatever that is. But a lot of people are like, oh, I can't get up at five. I can't do, I mean... I'm not even training. I was in the pool by six this morning. So you have to get up, you have to do your training and you kind of have to put a smile on your face and just enjoy the process and, yeah. and just do it and, and do it when you can. And honestly, um, for all of you that's listening, who have the kids got to get into school in the morning and then you have to go to work and then you come home and your mom, that gets a little tricky. So you have to get up before the kids get up. Sometimes that's tricky or you have to do lunchtime workouts, or you have to do it when the kids go to bed. That's how I did it when my kids were babies, my twins. I did it when they went to bed. And at my twins' baby's age, they were going to bed at seven or seven o'clock at night. Sucked, but that's how you have to do it if you're gonna make that commitment. If you're a stay-at-home mom and your kids are school-aged, then use that time very productively. Get up yeah. with your kids, be mom in the morning. You get those kids on that bus, or you walk them to school or drive them to school. Then you take that car or you get in the car and you go work out or you work out from your home, whatever you do. And you don't think about it. You know, yeah. you can't dilly dally and piss around about it. You just got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it is, it is, I mean, you know, uh, I've read enough and, and written enough. Um, you know, it is, you have to pick it, you know, you're going to pick your family, you're going to pick Ironman training and you're going to pick, you know, one other thing, which is probably just your house. Right. You know, I mean, it's like kind of social plans fall to the wayside and not like, Oh, you know, you're not going to be MIA forever, but um, you know, when you have to get up the next morning to ride 80 miles, you know, you can't be out until 10 or 10 30 hanging with your girlfriends. It's just the reality of it. But, you know, having done one Ironman, I will say it's worth it. It's worth it to, especially if it's something that's always intrigued you and you always wanted to go that distance. It is worth 
um, putting in the time, putting in the training so you can go have a great day. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely. And, and, um, and then the other thing that I would say as far as just preparation is making sure, you know, on, on your rest days, um, making sure that you take that time to stock your fridge really well because you're going to be crazy hungry. And um, the worst thing is like, you know, scavenging through the Doritos, like the snack the snacks that you pack your kids at lunch, you know, like have enough good food around you all the time so that you can eat healthy. Um, and like you said about sleep and just, you know, making things like Monday's laundry day, whatever, you know, so that you just, you don't get stuck into doing um, tasks more often than necessary, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but it's super fun. I mean, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Um, because, um, I mean, here's, Here's a little bit from Amy Bouchard, who's one of our BAM ambassadors, and she did Maryland um, as well. Did you end up um, seeing her out there at all? or did No, you guys... I can't believe I didn't see her. I tried. Yeah. And I know sure. she, I'm sure she looked too, but no. No. Okay. Well, so so she did, it was the first one. She said, the swim felt really comfortable. I didn't feel like I was pushing at all. I just kept thinking steady and strong and focused on keeping good form. Um, she ended up swimming a lot, a little wide since anytime I tried to stay close to the buoys, I either got whacked by someone's arm or leg or got stuck behind someone. I never got nervous, which tells me how much I have grown. I used to get freaked out by people bumping into me on the swim. Now I just roll with it and try to stay out of the way and keep my groove going. Um, she said, I swam a little slower than I expected. Her time was 124 based on paces she did in other races and in the pool this year, but she felt strong and comfortable the whole way. So it was definitely a win. And I gotta say, um, I saw Amy uh, probably, well, I saw her in August and um, we did the swim run adventure thing in Maine. And um, I mean, it, the win, as far as I'm concerned is like all the seaweed that was in the water when we did this in the ocean, it was disgusting, 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 disgusting. I got over myself there though too, cause I used to anything touching me in the water and I used to like pretty much like flip my lid. And so now she's like, you know, immune to anything touching her, which is great. Um, okay. So the bike, uh, she says, this is where I struggle the most. Um, I'm not super confident on the bike because that's where I have the least amount of experience. Um, and she doesn't, she said, it's hard to get out to roads that she can ride from her house. She says, um, and I guess the course is pretty flat, huh? Um, yeah, very flat. Yeah, okay. very flat. Like flat enough where if you take pressure off the pedals, you won't go anywhere because it's windy. Yeah, and exactly. That's what she said. Flat doesn't mean flat doesn't mean easy though, because it's flat. You never get to really coast and take a break. If you aren't pedaling, you aren't moving, <laughs> which that's tough. You know, like that's oh. something to consider, right? You know, it was one of the things that was one of the reasons I picked the race because I like flat and windy because that's I live in Chicago. That's all we have. However, yeah. one of the things I didn't think about as an athlete was. Um, and I think about it all the time because I pee on my bike when I race, okay, long course. Uh -huh. But I couldn't, I could, I had problems on the back end of the bike a little bit with the going to the bathroom because I couldn't stop. We got, the headwind was bad coming back after mile 70 or 80. And I just needed to take pressure off the pedals and coast to pee because I yeah. can't, I can't pee while I'm pedaling. Just one of those, <laughs> one of those things. And I couldn't do it. And it was one of the things that was, I mean, I had to stop and I, I, I don't eat, stop. So I had to stop and stand on the road and pee for once. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. We just couldn't. So one of those, those, those are the things you don't think about. Yeah. yeah. Flat and windy. Wow. Maybe that could be our next webinar is how to pee on the bike. Huh? Is it, <laughs> is it that takes, I mean, I gotta say, <laughs> I, I, I got hit on my, um, I, somebody was peeing and didn't, didn't give me enough space behind her. So 
I don't know if I'm I'm pro peeing on the bike because it's not pleasant being it. <laughs> well, in, in a perfect world, you're not supposed to do it while you're with all these people or going downhill and the winds, but it's a game changer. So you should pee every two to three hours on the bike, two and a half hours ish on the bike. Yeah. So if you're doing an Ironman and you're getting it off your bike every single time, so that by the time you slow down, stop to pee and get back up to speed, you've lost so much time. So yeah, I actually I had an athlete this year. Um, who I was worried about the cutoff. And I told her, I'm like, unless if you get off your bike and pee, you will not make the cutoff for the bike. She never wow. got off her bike to pee. Uh, she peed on the bike. And this is a beginner. This is a beginner. So that's aggressive, right? Because yeah. no reason to pee on your bike if you're out there to finish, right? But I told her she finished the bike with 27 seconds. <gasps> oh left. my gosh, before the cutoff. And, and she once she got to the run, she actually was a good runner. She had no problem finishing the Ironman. Yeah. So she just did Kentucky, but I told her, I'm like, if you, if you screw around on this bike, you won't make the cutoff. Cause I wow. knew from watching all of her paces and times that it was going to be tight. So yeah. 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 Wow. That is awesome. Um, well, yeah, Amy had a good run too. She said, um, she ended up passing people off on the run. Her goal was to run until an aid station, walk the aid station, then run again. And she maintained that pattern until about mile 16. Um, and then she got, some cramps in her stomach. Um, she felt like she had too much liquid sloshing around in her stomach. Um, and my, her nutrition plan kind of went out the window, which at mile 16 of the marathon, going out the window is not bad in my humble opinion. Not um, at all. She said, she said, the only thing that sounded remotely appealing was Coke. So I basically ran the marathon and Coca-Cola, um, which is, you know, she had a great, great race. And this, this is what I want to um, go back to with, um, with Jessica is to say, you know, it's been a week and I'm still buzzing with excitement from the race. I haven't cut off my wristband yet. I'm not ready to let this feeling go. Um, I know I want to do another Ironman in the future, but not next year. As much as I love training for an Ironman, I feel like I need to give my family a break. Today I slept until 7 a.m. and I haven't done that on a Saturday since probably January. <laughs> but, awesome. um, but that 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 line, I'm not ready to let this feeling go, is um, is worth the price of admission for sure. Um, so. So there's that. Um, and then the other thing, Crystal Lynn is in here. She's a newer athlete with us. Um, she's doing the off season plan. And um, she was trying to decide between Ironman Boulder or Montreblant. Um, she lives in Kansas. And I know that you um, guys talked a little bit about on Facebook about this, but I just wanted to kind of talk it through you with Jen. Um, so talk a little bit about the difference between Boulder and um, Montreblant. So Ironman Boulder, okay, Morgan. Ironman Boulder, okay. So both of them are relatively hilly. Ironman Montreblanc is hillier. Okay. Um, I've done the core. I've never done the Ironman. I've done the seventy point three there. But um, when you live in Kansas, which is just like Chicago, flat, windy, um, a couple things to consider. Ironman Boulder is a great race. The course is 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 not nearly as aggressive as you would think of Boulder being super hilly and aggressive. It's hilly but it's not, oh my gosh, this is horrible hilly for what Colorado could end up being. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's an out race at altitude. And I'm telling you, a lot of the athletes that come from sea level really, really don't do a great job. At, they think that they can do a good job at altitude because they're like, oh, I'll be fine. They really don't. Um, and some of the more serious athletes that I've had that have done it, meaning going there to try to win the age group or be in the top five, 
they they sleep in altitude chambers and everything then when they live here at sea level so they take it at that level so the, the thing is with iron boulder you either have to go out two weeks prior to the race to acclimate somewhat acclimate or you fly in a day or two be, well you have to fly in two days because you have to pick up your packet you fly in two days before the race and and so the body kind of goes into shock doesn't know what's going on and then you race so if you go out on the wednesday and your race is on saturday or sunday for boulder and you live at sea level it creates a ton of problems. So something to really consider with Boulder. I, I'm i a huge fan of Boulder. When you live at altitude, it's mm -hmm. a fantastic race. But if you live at sea level, you need to consider um, you need to consider that as one of your deciding. I try to talk my sea level athletes out of it. Ironman. Um, for Ironman Mont Blanc, it's absolutely stunning. It's one of the most beautiful courses in the world. Um, the people are great. The city is great. The temperatures are more tempered. They're, they're, it's not super hot, not super cold. It's Canada. The water is crisp and clean, and it's, uh, it's hilly. It's all those sweeping kind of long hills. The first part of Mont Blanc is like highway riding, um, so those long kind of sweepy kind of hills. The back end, which you do loop this loop twice, the back end is short, punchy. So you actually have to be good at long, sweepy, and short, punchy for Treblanc. Um, it is a harder course than Ironman Kentucky, than Ironman Boulder, and Ironman even Chattanooga for, wow. for people that live in the flatlands, flatlanders. Sure, sure. sure. Um, well, that's interesting. Okay, so if someone were doing, if someone were listening to this right now and thinking about their first Ironman, they hadn't committed to one yet. I mean, where, where, where are good ones where you would start, would you recommend? Well, that's a little tricky because it depends on where they live. If they live in flatlands, they would either, I like to do um, Kentucky. Now, Kentucky is not flat, but it's not a, aggressively, painfully hilly. Um, Ironman, Texas, but that depends on where you live in this. So if you are if you live in Chicago and you're doing Ironman, Texas, then you have to be in the trainer the whole time. So that gets a little tricky. Ironman, Texas is a great race. Santa Rosa is very hilly. Um, so if you live in the hilly area, it's a great Ironman. Boulder's hilly, but the altitude is the is the challenge. Um, Ironman Ironman uh, Maryland is great if you live in flats and you want kind of flat, marshy. The swim is aggressive though in Maryland. It's the Chop Tank River that feeds into the Atlantic. That's why people's times are very slow there. And um, so my time was five or six minutes slower than I usually swim in Ironman swim. So keep that, and that's you know expanded as you go. So. Um, yeah, Wait, Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin. What what is it um, exactly about the, is the river? Is it against the current or what is it? It's just choppy or? Yeah, it's called a chop tank, so it's choppy. Yeah, and it's brackish water, meaning it's a mix of salt and um, fresh. Water, yeah. And there's jellyfish. We had jellyfish in there. I didn't really have any problems with them, but other people had said stuff about it. But oh. they, they don't bother me. I've done that race before. Not seventy point three. Okay. And then what about, and you said Wisconsin's, is that a good? Oh, um, I love Wisconsin. I think it's a, one of the best courses. I mean, I'm biased because I'm only 90 minutes from there, but yeah. it's a wonderful course. The problem with Wisconsin is it's it's hard and it's hilly. I mean, it's an Ironman. It's all hard. It's all challenging. <laughs> There's no easy Ironman. But There's, it's just no easy. There's no easy Ironman, but it just depends on what you like. So if you really like hills um, and warmer weather, then you need to do something like Ironman Wisconsin or or Kentucky was just an offshoot this year with the bad weather. But um, but if you like flat, then do do something like Texas or Maryland. Um, Arizona is a great race. It's one of my favorites. I have done Ironman Arizona. Um, it's a wonderful race. And that is in between. So 
no, I shouldn't say never, it never rains, but it's Arizona. It's yeah. no humidity. It can be windy, can be hot, but it's not painfully hot this time of the year. And it's the weekend before Thanksgiving all the time. It's a wonderful race. Uh, that's what I would encourage beginners. I'd have beginners do Arizona, uh, maybe even Ironman, Florida, but they're having problems with Florida this year, but yeah. Sure, what kind of problems in Florida? Well, that's Panama City, so that's a hurricane. So they uh, moved it to Panama City. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was, sorry, that was kind of a uh, an ignorant question. Um, no, not at all. Okay, um, so then, okay, so we've kind of covered Ironman and half Ironman. Um, and then, so Jessica is asking about um, cold weather riding gear. Um, she said, I'm sticking to the trainer for some of these long rides, especially early spring. Oh, no way I'm sticking to the trainer. I, I'm sorry, I read wrong. No way I'm sticking to the trainer for some of these long rides, especially in early spring. Do you wear your padded bike shorts as base layer with close fitting weather appropriate pants or leggings or spring for padded tights? Uh, we do both. We actually yeah. do both. So I have padded tights, padded capris. I have padded long tights. Uh, my favorite are Pearl Zumi. Um, yeah. I love Pearl Zumi stuff. I think that that's the best on the market. It's expensive, but it's worth it. Um, and I have had their stuff on some of their stuff for 15 or 20 years. I kid you not. Yeah, um, yeah, I bet you do. And they're in Colorado too, I think. Right, Dimity? Yeah, they're based. Yeah, they're up in uh, Louisville. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's, you know, a lot of that stuff that is more pricey lasts for a very long time. But, you know, but it's still pricey on the front it's end. Pricey. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, so um, yeah, so we were padded tights, long, short, everything. Or sometimes I will absolutely put on my bike shorts and then put tight running tights over them. Yeah. 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 Either one is fine. I just, it, it, it just depends on your comfort level, which one you like and financially, which one makes more sense, but all yeah. of those are fine. Um, one of the things that's really important is depending on the temperature, I'm not sure where she lives, but once you get a below about, well, everybody has their own threshold. So, sure. but once you get into the teens, the gears will freeze and the oil will freeze. So you have to be really smart about that. You'll have some problems, but I used to ride in the twenties, 25, 25 used to be my mark uh, when I was younger. Okay. Wow. Can't wow. Ride outside of 25 anymore, but <laughs> right all the time outside of 25. So sure. anything over 25, so you can, yeah, yeah. As long as you have the right gear and Gore-Tex. So we have lobster gloves. So lobster gloves are, where you have Pearl Zumi makes them too. I'm showing you my hand to show you the lobster glove. So lobster glove is where they keep your three fingers here together. And then you have like this, you know, like it's like this kind of. Yeah, and I was so gonna say, I think they put it two and two. So they it's two, put it two and two. Yeah, I was doing this, I'm like, that's not right. So two and two <laughs> to keep your fingers warm. And then they're really big and really thick. And a lot of them are made with Gore-Tex. Um, we also use in Chicago, um, I'm sure a lot of you do in Colorado too, or the cold climates where you use the heat warmers. So you buy those pads that you can snap open right and put them in your feet, put them in your hands. Um, they're at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, that kind of stuff. So that's what we do. We also, one of the other tips, which is really aggressive, but uh, we do it. We put Vaseline on our face or, oh. yeah, or wear balaclava. The balaclava is, is Dimity, you know, but to show yeah. the, the girls is, you know, everything is covered, but just this, when it gets really cold, we wear ski masks and then the balaclavas. Um, <laughs> I, I run in that. That's how I run in Chicago. Yeah. Winters. No, wearing goggles. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or wearing goggles too, when you're out running in the snow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The other thing, um, I think it's probably understood at this point, but having a, a hat under 
your a beanie under your helmet, right? And you can get wool ones, you can get thicker ones, or sometimes I have a thinner one depending upon the temperature. Um, but that helps a lot too. Keeping your ears covered, it's your hands and your ears. It's like every like everything else, like running, going fast outside at any point. Um, but yeah, it's fun to ride outside, especially especially when you like have been inside for a long time and you get back out on the road. It's it's a fun change to just kind of feel you actually going somewhere, feel the feel the tires move against the the road. Um, cool. And so, and what about, um, just thinking, go, let's flash over a little bit to swimming, um, in the off season, we've talked about, you know, how you don't have to be out there for, you know, you be in the pool for an hour, but, um, you know, is this the time to be doing drilling? Is this the time to be, um, like using paddles and kickboards and stuff like that? Um, is it like, how can you, is there anything special you should be doing when you're swimming, um, in the off season? Yeah, the off season um like i said a little bit earlier make sure it's frequency over duration so uh, 10 15 20 30 40 minutes depending on where you are in your swimming level is absolutely fine versus going and trying to swim an hour more each time you go to the pool but the focus yes the focus needs to be on kind of stripping your stroke apart um this is a good time to send a video elizabeth and i are happy to look at videos of you guys swimming you just need to put it on um you need to put Facebook page. Yeah. Put it on the Facebook page, but you've got to tag Elizabeth or I, cause there's so much that moves on that page. Sometimes we miss it. We don't miss it not on purpose. So please tag Elizabeth and I on that. We will look at your swim videos. We do it. I do it all the time. I've got some sitting in my inbox. So just let me do, let us do that to help you. Um, and we can give you some tips to work on, but drills form. Um, but frankly, all of it, mixing it up, um, doing things with paddle work, fins, just mixing it mixing it up and working on some of the things. So if you know that you're a bad kicker, work on that. If you know that you're a bad puller and you and your pull is slower, pull meaning paddles on your hands, pull boy between your legs. If that is slower than your normal swim pace, you need to work on that. That should be that should be massively faster because you take the kick off and for most triathletes their kick is inefficient. They drag their butt. Not all triathletes, just saying, but some of them. And then wow. the paddles, the paddles go this whole area it's much this much bigger than your hand so you can pull more surface water so if you're swimming slower with paddles then you need to work on that and that's pure power and pure strength and all that other stuff so there needs to be some 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 work and i'm a huge fan of speed work in the winter too that doesn't mean you're going out there and you're swimming a thousand max effort 25s hard 50s hard you know just to kind of work on turnover and what we call strides in the pool which is kind of 25s and short stuff Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, so um, does anybody here have a question? We've got um, a, a handful of people here that are live with us. So if you have any questions, you can type them below or raise your hand and talk to Jen. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think we, we kind of covered everything on the Facebook page. Um, it was really fun season of watching everybody um, come through with their races and we're sending um, Jackie. I hope you're feeling ready for your race um uh in early december and jamie's heading off this weekend to waco and uh we'll be cheering you on from the facebook page is there anything that you want to add jen um as we move into the winter months not really just you know be consistent mm -hmm. have fun make sure you take a mental break and you know have set your set huge expectations and huge goals for yourself and and set them high and you know, set an A goal and a B goal. So you set these these goals or trying achievements, set them higher than you think you can so that 
but you also have a B goal so that if you don't hit your A goal, it's not a failure. It's just something, you know, we always need something to rise to every year. And I think if we start getting stagnant and then kind of doing the same stuff all the time, then we're not going to do that. So as cliche as it sounds, you know, go big or stay home is my kind of theory on that. I agree. I agree. And you, you and it's amazing uh, how much success people have had. Um, just, I mean, it sounds pretty basic, but just staying diligent with the training, right. And staying on top of it and doing the work. And all of a sudden, you know, they get the, the, the fear of the water is less. They're, they're riding faster on their bikes. They're running five K PRs in the middle of their sprint triathlon. Like we've seen it and it's very yes. cool to see. So, um, so definitely, uh, keep it, uh, keep it going. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, um, I was just going to say, and make sure, and I think there's a question, which we'll take here in a second, but make sure you use Elizabeth and I, I mean, you know, not only in the webinar, but I do Q and A's, um, or not Q and A, I do, yeah, our, well, we do Q Monday Q and A on Facebook and anything goes. And if for some reason something's private that you don't want out there, then just say, then you can always private message us on Facebook or send it to Dimity and send it to me or whatever. We can mm -hmm. do all of that. And the questions can be really complicated. Um, and we can go through any complication on that. It, it's, you're not bothering us. I want to make sure that that's something that's really clear for everybody. I think that they're like, oh, I don't want to ask this question. I'm going to sound like a beginner. Well, I mean, this is, this is a program not for professionals. So we want you guys to ask questions and Elizabeth and I will have the answers for you. And if we don't, we'll find the answer. So make sure you utilize us all the time, frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we always say there's no question that's too basic or TMI around train like a mother club, too much information. So, I mean, really like whether it's GI distress or is it, it's, um, you know, I, I, where do I, where, where should I think about pulling when I'm in the water? You know, I mean, anything like that, you know, anything, um, changing a flat, all those things that, you know, somehow you feel like you should know, but you may not know, or it's maybe it's been a while. Um, nope, no, no. How to race an Ironman when you have your period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's always a fun one. Um, okay, so Crystal's asking, what should we do if we plan an Ironman, but we are already less than 36 weeks out? So I know you're on the off-season plan. Drop us a line and we'll get you um, set up with the Ironman plan. I mean, I would say she should probably jump onto the Ironman plan, don't you think? That's what I think. I think that's what I said to her, I think, yeah. when I responded to her. She needs to get in the Ironman plan because the off-season is great, but 36 weeks out, she needs it. Yeah. 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 So, let's, so let's get you on that and we can talk about, um, you know, crediting your um you will we'll make it uh right for you financially um and then um jackie says um at what temperature do you suggest wearing booties or a warmer swim cap when you're swimming outside okay good question obviously that depends on what your level of comfort level is i usually say under 60 degrees okay so here's the thing the booties are not always allowed but they usually are allowed by um usat or usa triathlon but i don't know if they're allowed and i would have to look this up by wtc which is the owning company of ironman okay the, booty, the booties on your feet cause a little bit more problems than not i have to be honest with you i'm not a fan of them um what we recommend on the feet is vaseline the vaseline will slide the water but it will also insulate the body the core temperature uh, your feet aren't your core but it helps with keeping your core warm. So I would prefer Vaseline over booties. Um, if the water's under 55, which is not gonna happen, but if it is, they won't have to swim. Um, so usually 62 and under booties, if you want to, if you're experienced with them, wear them. Then for the swim cap or the warmer swim cap, that's totally personal. I don't think that impacts people racing. I think that is wonderful, but usually that is under 
again, depends on your comfort level, usually under about 62 or 63 degrees. That's usually the breaking point of being absolutely miserable in the water. Mm -hmm. And is there a difference? I mean, I know they, I know they have the, um, um, what are they made out of the, the thicker swim neoprene? cap? The neoprene oh. swim cap. Oh, silicone versus, versus latex. Well, yeah, but don't they have ones like, I feel like there was a thicker black one that you could wear oh. under your... Yeah, you know, it's made out of wetsuit material, basically. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that, or you can do two, two, um, like double up on two silicone caps. Is that? I mean, is that? Is there a big yeah. difference between using one and two? You know, good question. I've never used two. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I do have athletes and friends that use two and they like it. So okay. one of the things I would suggest is for your race, if the water is going to be cold. Um, then the day before the race, if you're allowed to get in that water, I would test the one cap, I would test the two caps, and I would test the neoprene swim hat. And those are the those are the caps that you know they come under here. And they, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So test all that out to get a comfort level. And it doesn't matter what everybody else is wearing. The key for Ironman is comfort. So if whatever you need to do to be comfortable out there is 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 your priority. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you, Jen, again, for all your information and expertise and insight. Um, really helpful and always fun to chat with you. So um, yeah, like like she said, these guys are available on the Facebook page. We'll do another one of these um, probably in 2019 um, as we start to start to train again. Um, but in the meantime, she's always available if you are um, on a plan. So cool. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.